You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. I want you to be honest with me right now. How many of you can honestly say that sometimes you don't feel God present, that God is, God is so distant, like God is not there, like God is on quarantine, like He's on lockdown, as if He abandoned you and you just could not feel His presence? Come on, type relate if you know what I'm talking about. That no matter how much you pray and pray and pray, I mean, there's nothing. The miracles are not coming. You ever feel like that? Can I be real honest with you? Maybe it's because you are seen from a different perspective. What do I mean by that? Listen to this. The Bible says that we walk by faith, not by sight. That means that if we want to experience God and encounter God, we have to operate by faith, not by sight. That means that just because you don't see God, it doesn't mean that He's not there. It doesn't mean that He's not blessing you. In fact, I, I, I declare and I believe that God is blessing you right now, but maybe, just maybe, you don't see it. Why? Because you're so busy looking for something else. Here's my suggestion. Before you ask God to increase your blessings, ask God to increase your sensitivity to the blessings that He's already given you. Come on, have you thanked Him recently for your life? Have you thanked Him for waking you up today? What are you grateful to God that you already have in your possession? Your family, your mind, your job, your relationships. Come on, type it in the chat box. What do you have in your hand that God has already given to you? I believe that your attitude in life will change the moment you change your perspective. So instead of asking, did God send it? Has God sent it? That's the wrong question. The right question is, did I see it? In fact, let me also say this. Stop dreaming about the past, my friend. If you're listening to this, let me just say that. Stop dreaming about what you used to have, where you used to be, and where you were. God says see to you right now, I'm still here. I'm, I'm not just the God of your past, but I'm also the God of your present and your future. The best is yet to come. Type amen if you're receiving that. God will always be with you. He hasn't forgotten about you. He hasn't forsaken you. In fact, you know, that's what I love so much about our worship song a while ago. It's a reminder of what Jesus did on the cross. Before Jesus came, there was a disconnect between God and man. There was a gap. We were separated from Him because of what sin did. And you know, no matter what we did to try and repair and remedy it, sin was just too great until Jesus came. Jesus came to accomplish what the law could not do. When Jesus gave His life on that cross, you know what He did? He didn't just bridge the gap between God and man. After you hear this, you will never look at Jesus the same way, I promise you. Before Jesus came, you know what He did? We could not reconnect to God the right way. We tried to, but we couldn't. But when Jesus came to be crucified, Jesus closed the gap. He made a way so that you and I would never ever have to be separated from God ever. In other words, I came to announce to somebody today that the reason why Jesus was forsaken so that you and I never ever have to be forsaken.
forsaken. Come on, let's give thanks to Jesus today. I dare you to clap your hands right now. I dare you to shout in your place. I dare you to make some noise. <laughs> and if the barangay comes knocking on your door, just tell them that it's because you're praising your God right now. It's a beautiful day to be alive, isn't it? We're gonna have a wonderful time getting to know God in a fresh new way. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's gonna be good. I want you to join me now as we say our favorite prayer. As we come in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come on, stretch your hands like you are a branch stretching towards the sun and say this with me. Today, I receive all of God's love for me. Today, I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today, I open myself to God's blessings, healing, and miracles. Today, I open myself to God's word so that I become more like Jesus every day. Today, I proclaim that I'm God's beloved, I am God's servant, and I'm God's powerful champion. And because I am blessed, that's right, I am blessing the world. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to receive our word for today. We are on talk three, and we're going to talk about one of the worst things that Peter ever did to Jesus, and I believe you're going to be able to relate to this. Here's our title. It's called Denied. I want you to open your, your minds and ready your hearts to be blessed. All right? Brother Bo, preach away. God still trusts you. I'll say that again. God still trusts you. Hi, everybody. God bless you. This is the powerful message we're going to be preaching today. And I want to say thank you for welcoming me as your friend in your home and in your heart. And I'm praying for you. I'm really praying that the word that will be preached today will give you life, will nourish your spirit. A lot of people are spiritually malnourished and you, you see them all over. And, and I want this time, this, to, this appointed time, this divinely appointed time to be your time with God. And that as you commune with Him, He will so richly bless you, not only you, but your family. So thank you so much. Anyway, here we go. We're going to be talking about and reading how Peter denied Jesus. Now, this is a very popular tale, so popular that even non-Christians kind of like heard it. Yeah, I kind of like heard this whole story about Peter denying Jesus. I'll, I'll tell you why it's so popular. I mean, think about it. Peter was apostle number one. He was the leader of the band. As Catholics, we believe is the first pope of the church. And then he falls. Not only that, but think about it. Doesn't it fit so well with every other story in the Bible? Because if you want me to describe what the Old Testament is, I'll tell you. The entire Old Testament is the story of how every human leader failed from Adam and Noah and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and David, how every single human leader failed and how God was still faithful. That's the story of the whole, whole Bible. And, and so when the, the story of Peter's denial fits it so well. So are you ready? We're gonna, we're gonna read the, the, the scripture and, and we're gonna ask God for his blessing. Lift up your hands if you can as a way of reverencing the word with me before we read it and let's sing. Thy word 
is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Amen. Let's let's read. Let's read the word of God. The Gospel of Matthew. Um, he he shows how Simon, this guy, is not only Peter the apostle, but Peter the sinner. And, and throughout the gospel, he, he will show you the shortcomings of Peter. But of course, his denial tops the list. Let's read. Here, Jesus predicts how his disciples will abandon him. On the way, Jesus told them, tonight, all of you will desert me. For the scripture says, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Pause. Let me pause, pause it. Press the pause button. Think about it. How could Jesus bear so much pain, so much suffering? The obvious answer is, oh, he loves you and me. Jesus suffered for love. And, and amen. I love that answer, and I think that's answer number one. But here's another reason. Because Jesus knew how the story will end. He knew that the Father was going to raise him. So, when I think about that, I, that encourages me. Because here's my question to you. Are you going through suffering right now? Are you going through some intense pain? Are you going through difficulty and problems and trials? If the answer is yes, then remind yourself of how your story will end. Can I give you a hint? I heard that at the end of your story, at the last chapter of your life, you win. It might not look good now in your circumstances and things are dark and confusing and chaotic in your life right now, but at the end of your story, I hope you're listening, God has already won the battle for you. And yes, I want you to believe with all your heart that you have a beautiful story. Your life story is beautiful and it ends with you coming out on top as a champion because God has already won the victory. Okay, here we go. We continue the reading. Peter declared, even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. Woo! Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows, crows, is it crows or crows? Never mind. You will deny three times that you even know me. No, Peter insisted. Even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the other disciples vowed the same. Do you know what is Peter's problem? Overconfidence. And this is the core problem of humanity. Hey, listen to me. I'm all for confidence. I love confidence. I really believe that you cannot be successful in life long term if you don't have a level of confidence. You need confidence. 
But you see, there is this line between confidence and overconfidence. And what is confidence? Confidence is being aware of your strengths, accepting your strengths and your weaknesses. Overconfidence is being aware of your strengths, but not of your weaknesses. I want you to know that overconfidence kills. And hubris has destroyed lives and families and businesses and companies and nations. Now, I want you to know that some self-help gurus and authors and teachers, they, they, they use this line, you are enough. And usually, they say that within the context of people who wait for other people's approval to approve themselves. They wait for other people to like them so that they will start to like themselves. And I totally agree. Yes, you, you know, I will use the same line. You are enough. Don't wait for other people to like you, for you to like yourself. Please, you are enough. I, I, I'll say that, you know, I'll, I'll say that to people who've been hurt and broken in the past. You are enough. But you see, you can so misinterpret that statement because in reality, you are not enough. No, we all need God in our lives. So let me preach this to you. I hope you're listening. This is powerful. You are not enough. And that's okay. I'll tell you why that's okay. Because God is enough for you. And, and you know, this, we're just starting unpacking this scripture. And so our second preacher will, will give you the powerful message of the, of the Lord for your life. So keep on, keep on opening your heart and get ready for more. Audi Villarasa, give us the word. Somebody say it again. I'm not enough, but that's okay because my God is. Amen, somebody. Let's praise God for this encouraging and powerful message. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's also thank Brother Bo while we're at it. Anyway, let's continue reading the rest of the gospel story. I hope that you guys are picking up a lot of lessons by now. I want you to turn to verse 69. It says that meanwhile, Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard while all of this was happening. And then a servant girl came over and said to him, you were one of those with, Peter, with, with Jesus, the Galilean. But Peter denied it in front of everyone. He says, I don't know what you're talking about. Later out by the gate, another servant girl noticed him and said to those standing around, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, Peter denied it. This time, he even said an oath. He says, I don't even know the man. A little later, some of the other bystanders came over to Peter and said, you must be one of them. We can tell by your Galilean accent. And then Peter swore, a curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know the man. And immediately, the rooster crowed. Suddenly, Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Jesus said, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times that you even know me. And then Peter went away, weeping bitterly. You know, if there's one disciple that I believe people have given a hard time, you know, a harsh judgment, it would definitely have to be Peter. I mean, Jesus said to all the disciples one time that everybody had little faith. 
You all have little faith. But it was only Peter who Jesus called out singularly after that time that Peter stepped out of the boat and then began sinking in the water. You remember that? In Matthew 14, 31, Jesus says, you have so little faith. Why did you doubt me, Peter? That's why, you know, to some, Peter was the one who had little faith. And people say, whenever I hear Peter preach, preach in, in, in any sermon, sometimes you would hear people say, people say oh, you know, he had so little faith. That's why he sank in the water while he was walking on it. That's why he denied Jesus three times because he had little faith. But, you know, before you throw Peter under the bus, let me ask you this. How many of you would actually walk out in the middle of the ocean on a dark night when Jesus calls you out? Come on, how many times have you actually denied Jesus in your entire life? Way more than three times, I'm sure. See, Peter had more faith than any of us. The problem is... Peter's faith faltered at the time when he needed it the most. But hey, that's our story most of the time too. Just when we needed to trust God, you know what we do? We turn away and then take matters in our own hands. And I thought that I was faithful. I thought that I was believing in God until one phone call, until one invite, one accident, one unexpected turn of events. And all of a sudden, my faith is stripped away. Some of you never thought that you'd be the one who would have to go through a divorce, but it happened. Some of you thought that you would never be the one to be addicted to that substance, but it happened. Some of you never thought that you'd be the one to fall away, but it happened. And now your faith all of a sudden is shaken. There are people watching this live stream right now who haven't felt faithful in a long time. And maybe it's because you went through an incident like, like Peter that made you question your faithfulness. Come on, say amen if I'm preaching the truth. Many of us are like Peter. One minute we're faithful, but the next minute we're falling, we're failing. What I think will help us understand today is what caused this to happen to Peter so that we can understand why this also happens to us. And also, you know, in order to avoid it in the future. I have a theory, okay? It's a personal reflection. May I share it to you? Okay, the reason why I think Peter fell and the reason why I think we all fall away is because we get disconnected from Jesus. Think about it, okay? When Peter was so close, he was BFFs with Jesus, you know? They, they were best friends, they were like this. He was bold, he was brave, he was unwavering. He even said a few verses before denying Jesus. He said, even if everyone else deserts you, Jesus, I will never desert you. Verse 33, and Jesus says, yeah, you will. And then Peter says, no, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. Verse 35, big promises for, from Peter, right? But then 30 verses later, Peter is doing the exact thing that he said he wouldn't do. Peter denied that he was going to deny Jesus. I mean, that's so ironic at so many different levels. Okay, here's where the problem starts. Listen to this. The problem began when Jesus gets captured by the Romans. Because they got separated. You know, if before Jesus could touch Jesus and feel Jesus and be with Jesus, now Peter could not even get close to Jesus. He could only, what, look from afar. And you know, this is what most Christians fail to understand is that when we get separated from the Savior, we get disoriented. We make bad decisions. We feel weak. We become afraid. I want you to write this down. Real courage comes from being close to Christ. That's right. When we separate ourselves from Jesus, everything around us crumbles. We fall to sin. We fall into temptation. I want you to preach this to somebody right now. Stay connected to Jesus. That's what you need to do. You need to set yourself and, and stay connected to Him.
How did Peter move on from such a shameful act? That's a good question. And you know what he did? Peter did the one thing that he knew all his life. Peter went fishing. He went back to fishing. And you know, here's the problem. When you don't address the shame in your life, you are bound to go back to your old life. That's what, Jesus, that's what Peter did. Because he got disconnected, he went back to his old life, to his old ways. But it was also in his old life that Jesus showed up once again. Oh, I thank Jesus that he never gets tired of fetching us even when we black backslide. Aren't you grateful to Jesus? Come on, praise him right now. Even when you fail, even when you fall, he meets you even when you walk away from Jerusalem. Come on and praise Jesus for his mercy. Thank you, Jesus. This section of Matthew's gospel completely blessed me so much when I was reading it. Because a few days after Jesus walks out of the tomb, Peter and some of the disciples, you know, they went back fishing. They went back to sea. And they hadn't caught anything all night. That's because, let me just insert, it, insert this. That's because you can't do anything significant when you're separated from the Savior. Uh-huh. But then what happens? Jesus shows up. And then he, he and, and Peter take a stroll in that shoreline. Take note that by this time, Peter's shame was still fresh. He was probably still carrying it fresh from denying Jesus. So what happens next is something that Peter, or anybody for that matter, never expected. John narrates it in his gospel. Let me read it to you. It's beautiful. It says in verse 15, chapter 21, After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus says to him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. And then a third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Verse 18, I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him once again, follow me. You know, this was the last thing that Peter expected. After what he did to Jesus, he was expecting to be banished, but instead he was lavished, lavished with love to a point where Jesus even appointed him to become the head of the church. I'm telling you, the mercy of God is beyond our understanding. And the only way that I can explain it, one word, it's called grace. I mean, imagine the coward from the courtyard becoming the courageous man from the courtyard. Peter started preaching about Jesus in the very same courtyard where he denied him that day. The one who didn't want to be associated with Jesus eventually became the one who would die for Jesus. He didn't want to become associated with Jesus, but then eventually... He, he was crucified like Jesus, except that he did it upside down because he didn't want to do it like Jesus did. He wanted that Jesus would do it the special way, not him. He wanted to do it the other way. You would not be able to do that if the Holy Spirit did not give you the courage, just like he, he, he did to Peter. What happened? Mercy happened. Peter knew very well that he was a sinner, but he found out that Jesus loved him as 
a sinner. He found out that his sins were just a grain of sand in the ocean of God's mercy. And you know, I preached this many years ago. I said that every day for the rest of Peter's life, every time he would hear the rooster's crow, you know, he would be reminded of his mess, his loyalty, his disloyalty rather to Jesus. But then what did Jesus do? Jesus forgave him. Jesus loved him. Jesus embraced him. And from that day onward, every time we would hear the rooster's crow, he was no longer reminded of his mess. Instead, he was reminded of God's mercy. My friend, instead of focusing on your sin, instead of focusing on your shame, focus on God's mercy. You know, come to him and then ask for his forgiveness. And then watch how God will overshadow the gravity of your sin with the gravity of his grace. Amen. Amen. Pope Francis, Francis preached this beautifully. His points, he said, the Lord never tires of forgiving. The story of Peter is not how he led the church so effectively, but how he threw himself to God's mercy. And you know, I could preach about this all day long, but I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to ask help from one of my good friends to sing a song to us. And hey, when you listen to this song, don't tune out, okay? Don't transfer. Don't click that other button. Listen, this is God's love song to you. All right? Please welcome Brother Alvin Barcelona. Kay kay tatak, di ba noo? 
ngayon'y anong lamig Di mo alam Ako'y nasasaktan Sa di pagpansin Sa aking pagmamahal Lumapit ka Ako'y naghihintay Di mo alam Ako'y nasasaktan sa di magpansin Sa aking pagmamahal Mabahit ka Ako'y naghihintay Panginoon Ako'y nabulat na Nang mandahayan Ako'y patawarin mo Mula ngayon Ang buhay kong ito'y Iaalay sa'yo Gamitin mo ako Gaya ng dati Gaya ng dati Gaya ng dati Come on everybody, let's give a big hand to Brother Alvin Balenciano. <laughs> thank you so much Brother Alvin for rendering that song so beautifully and thank you of course to Mr. Gary Balenciano for writing that beautiful music. I asked Brother Alvin to sing that song to us because, you know, I felt that it perfectly captures the essence and the message of our gospel today. Quick sharing. You know, I officially gave my life to the Lord at the age of 27 years old, but I remember that as early as 12 years old, I already met the Lord. I served as an altar boy in our parish church every Sunday. My family taught catechism to the poor children beside our village. And, you know, every night, me and my family prayed the rosary every day. I started reading some parts of the Bible when I was young and I felt like I was drawing closer and closer to Him. I had a sincere desire to know God. But then, life happened. You know, that's our story. Life happened. Being a teenager happened. I got real busy with friends and school and, and fashion and parties and video games. and I forgot all about God. I drifted away. Is this your story too? Type relate if, 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 if you can relate with what I'm saying. You used to be close to God and you used to serve Him with so much passion before. You used to follow Him relentlessly, but then you drifted away. When I think about the mercy that Jesus showered to Peter after he denied Jesus, you know, I can't help but think about the number of times I also denied Jesus and the number of times also that He forgave me. I'm telling you, some of the things that I've done in my life, I didn't think that God would forgive me for but each time I would come to Him, I felt His mercy and His compassion embrace me and it enveloped me. I want you to know that the mercy of God is more than enough for the number of times that you have fallen. It can cover a multitude of your sins. And if you are thinking that God won't forgive you, here's something that I pray will change your mind. Listen to this. Peter fell how many times? Three times. He fell three times. You think that was it. But then... Jesus told Peter to what? To feed his sheep. How many times? Three times. What is the significance of this? This is just my theory. That for each time Peter fell, Jesus said, 
I still love you. I still trust you. And God says to somebody listening to this live stream, yes, you fell. I still love you. Yes, you messed up. I still love you. Yes, you walked away, but I still love you. See, nothing can ever separate us from the love of God. St. Paul says that. So receive God's mercy again and again. And once you've received this mercy, don't be stingy in extending mercy. Because, you know, in reality, we all have the tendency to be like those two women in the courtyard who accused Peter of being a follower of Jesus. You know, we're people who like discriminating. We like segregating. We like dividing. We like excluding. In fact, this is exactly what's happening right now. Hey, aren't you that person who's supporting that political candidate? Ew. Aren't you one of those who are anti-vaxxers? Yuck. Sorry, but you're not welcome in my personal space. That's what we do. That's how we are. But then also thinking about it on the opposite spectrum, we're also like Peter. In the sense that when there's pressure coming against us, you know, when people are coming up against us because of our beliefs, because of our principles, we're quick to give up what's precious to us. Our values, our priorities, our commitment, our identity, and ultimately, we give up our, even our God. We deny Him because we're scared. We sell Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, just like Judas. I know we've come a long way since then, but the truth is, you know, we're never too far from that courtyard, so we got to be careful. But thank God, you know, thank God for His mercy. I want you to know that you can never be too far for, for God's mercy to reach you and meet you. There is not enough shame in you that God cannot scrub away with His love and forgiveness. You could be like Peter who denied Jesus and today Jesus still says to you, I still trust you. If you feel far away from the Lord, come back. Come back to Him. If there was a time when you were close to Him, you know, you can still have that. It's time to reconnect yourself to the Lord. It's time to plant yourself in His garden and then grow some roots. It's time to live in His house under His mantle of protection and provision and love. And just like that line in Gary V's song, I love this line. The ending of that song says, Gamitin mo ako, gaya nandate. In English, use me like you did before. I want you to do this, all right? I want you to put your hand over your chest. And then say this with me, Jesus, I am your instrument. I am your vessel. Use me, forgive me, but ultimately use me like you used Peter. Use my life, use my past, my present, and my future. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph slash radio.